You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening. Let's check it out. If you go with me to Psalms 33, Psalms chapter 33, it says this, talking about God creating the the world, the universe. He says, uh, now with breathtaking wonder, let everyone worship Yahweh, this awe-inspiring creator. Words he breathed and worlds were birthed. Let it let there be, and there it was, springing forth the moment he spoke. No sooner said than done. With this breath, with his breath, he scatters the schemes of nations who oppose him. They will never succeed. His destiny plan for the earth stands sure. His forever plan remains in place and will never fail. Listen to this, verse 12. Blessed and prosperous is that nation who has God as their Lord. They will be the people he has chosen for his own. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord God. Lord means master, ruler, the one we submit to and follow. Blessed is that nation, and our nation has been truly blessed. From 1776, we had 56 uh, of our forefathers say, we pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor to defending and fighting for freedom from the tyranny of a king. Um, They fought for a republic. They fought for something they weren't even quite sure, but they knew they just wanted freedom. In a ragtag army versus the greatest military army of the history of that time, the British uh, had great generals. They'd fought in many battles and won. They had the largest uh, uh, empire-building navy. I mean, they had an unbelievable navy. Greatest army in the world against an army that didn't even really exist. Now, you know God had to have his hand on that. When the war started, General Howe, the great British general, a famous British general, fought and won many battles, uh, went against George Washington, had won no battles. They had 32,000 well-trained, well-equipped, financed, uh, they had medical equipment, they had everything. They had 32,000 well-equipped soldiers, we had 20,000 untrained, unequipped We had no money. They had all the money in the world. I mean, everything was stacked against us, but God said he scatters the nations that oppose him. But he blesses the nations that he is their Lord, their God. We went from 164 million acres to 1.9 billion acres of territory. Now, if you look that up on Google, it'll say how America stole 1.9 million acres from the Native Americans. Let me say this again. Let me read God's word. His destiny plan for the earth stands sure. Uh, Let me go above that. With his breath, he scatters the schemes of nations who oppose him. They will never succeed. Man, many, all the tribes of America, including the tribe my wife and my children are part of the Cherokee Nation, they didn't worship the one true God. They had many gods and many things in many ways. And they didn't worship the Lord thy God. And that's why they were scattered and Christians came in and formed a new nation. Every time, whether it's the children of Israel, we mirror the nation of Israel. 
The nation of Israel is Jews, moved into a land, and God drove out the Moabites and the, the, uh, you know, all the mosquito bites, all the bites. He drove all of them out and established the nation of Israel. Why? Because they opposed God. And he drove these nations away. Uh, he took their land and he, he scattered them. Why? Because they opposed the Lord thy God. That goes for any people in any nation. Now, that's a sobering thought, but that's the truth according to God's word. You defy God, eventually someone who honors God is going to have what you had. He said it right there. I scatter the nations that oppose me, but I prosper. Blessed and prosper is that nation who has God as their Lord. They will be the people he has chosen for his own. We see mirror image between the forming of Israel and the forming of America. Again, we went from 164 million acres to 1.9 billion acres. We went from a gross domestic product, which is how you measure the overall economic prosperity of a nation. We went from 164 million to 22 trillion. We have grown in just a few hundred years as a ragtag army to the greatest military power, the history Guys, we, our nation's history-making. No economy's ever been bigger. No people ever been more prosperous. Seriously. No economy bigger. No people more prosperous. No army been as powerful. No navy. No military. Economic powers ever existed like America. No one's had more influence on the world and on freedom than America. In this day when people cry, burn it down, burn it down, burn it down. When they say America's ugly and they did this and they stole that and they stole that. I want to tell you right now, God just said, my hand is on the nations. This didn't happen without God's not only approval, but his blessing. We gave away last year in 2021, Americans gave away $485 billion dollars. Individuals gave away 326 billion of that just in last year alone. That not only went to places and charities in America, but charities in places around the world. I don't know about you guys, but we support a charity every year. We support a children's charity that we hooked up with years ago at a Christian concert, and we support that every year. Is it every month? We send something every month to support some children in a third world nation. That's what Christians do. That's what America does. When Pastor Sean said our blessings have overflown, there isn't a nation in the world we haven't touched. Afghanistan had a major earthquake just recently, a nation that, that we left, a nation full of terrorists and authoritative governments, uh, authoritarian government uh, officials and just evil, and we left that nation. They've killed a lot of Americans, and we fought there long and hard for a long time, and we went right back over there and helped them with that earthquake. We went right back over there. Our enemy, we went right back over there and helped them with that, with medical aid and stuff for their people. That's America. Our young people today are taught to hate our country, and that there shouldn't be any borders. Listen, I want borders every place. I want to know who's with me and who's not, again, who's, who's, uh, who's not with me. 
I want to know who's for God and who's not for God. The nations of the world have further, gotten further and further away from God. Central and South, South America alone, only the nation of Brazil has a Christian president. Our American media dogs him right and left, but he declares Jesus Christ as the Lord of his life. And he's fighting against the communist Chinese regime that's trying to take over. That will, if Brazil falls, it'll be every, every nation in South America will be communist. Anti-God. Communism's built on there is no God. But our nation has been built that there's not only a, a, a God, but the God of the Bible is the only God. That's how our nation got built. We are an unlikely people in an unlikely nation. Gosh, guys, no nation, again, again, we just make history. No nation in the history of the world has people come from all over. Central, South America, Europe, Africa, India, uh, China, uh, uh, Taiwan, Vietnam, Korea, I mean, Australia, England. I mean, you name the place, you name the continent. We have people from everywhere, and we all form this great nation. It's unbelievable, guys. It's, it's just never, ever happened. It's never happened anywhere at any time. No nation's over ever overcome a civil war like we fought. Do you know that one color of people has never fought for the freedom of another color of people? Did you know that? That no nation has ever had uh, white people fight for black people to be free or any other color fight for any other color to be free, ever, ever, only in America. Only in America. We are the most unique nation. We're the most prosperous, blessed nation in the, the history of mankind. No one's been more prosperous. That's why we're such givers. That's why we've given away, just in 2021, 485 billion, with a B, dollars to charity. That's unreal. That's incredible. If you look at the list of the most charitable, charitable nations on the earth, the United States will be number one until a few years ago when they changed the metric on how they measure that. Now they measure it not by who gives the most, but by what, what they consider, what they kind of think that each individual gives a percentage of their income. So now they'll list other nations, say we fell down to 19th. Guys, don't fall for the lie. They're trying to make everybody equitable and trying to you know make it look like these people are this and that. Listen, America has and always will be, and I, I, I believe will continue to be the most generous giving nation on the planet. If you look at the real numbers, it's absolutely a fact. Just a fact. Why, well, why are we so generous? It's what Pastor Sean said, what this scripture says. When the Lord is your God of your nation, you're going to prosper. And when he's your God, he's the Lord God of your life. You're going to prosper. They can raise gas to 10 bucks a gallon. God will make sure you have more than enough. Never worry about this world's economy. But I am concerned, all I'm concerned about is God's economy. When you honor God with your finances, he said, even in drought, you will prosper. Come on now. God said he'll take care of you if you continue to honor him. You know, our population started at 2.5 million people. Now we're 331 million. 
We've continued to grow and prosper and expand. We're doing exactly what God said. Be fruitful and multiply. From 2.5 million Americans to 331 million Americans. We continue to grow. We can continue to expand. It's amazing what God has done with a ragtag group of, of, of fighters who didn't even know how to fight. One of our major generals, youngest brigadier general in the history of America, Nathaniel Green, was 26 years old when he became a brigadier general. 26. He was, he was raised to be a pacifist. He was Amish. Or he was one of the Amish, and he was raised to, be, raised to be a pacifist to never fight. But he believed in the cause of freedom so much, he said, I'm going to fight. So he helped form in Rhode Island a militia in Rhode Island, and then they wouldn't even let him be part of it because he had asthma. He had a very pronounced bad limp. I mean, this guy was jacked up. But he was friends with a guy named Knox, another general that knew Washington. And Knox sold books for a living. That's what he was. One of our great, uh, he was the head, he was the first secretary of defense we ever had. And he was the head of all the artillery. And this guy was a librarian. Sold books. Well, he sold books on the military and military strategy. Well, guess what? Nathaniel Green bought them and read them all. So when Knox introduced Green to Washington, Washington made him an officer. He couldn't march because he had a limp. Couldn't even, they wouldn't even let him on the bat, his own militia that he formed. Yet Nathaniel Green's an unlikely person in an unlikely place at an unlikely moment to become one of the great generals in the army. He ended up leading the Southern Army that finally caused the great British General Cornwallis to surrender. This Amish kid, raised to be a pacifist with a bad limp and asthma, ends up leading. What was he? He knew Jesus Christ as the Lord of his life. He was a Christian. God takes unlikely people in unlikely places, man, and does great things with them when they dedicate themselves to the Lord. Our nation has been dedicated to that. Now it's up to us. I said, now it's up to us to do something. You're there in Psalms 33. Go to Psalms 25. The Bible talks about us. In verse 12, it says this. Who are they that live in the holy fear of God? Who will show them the right path to take? Then prosperity and favor will be their portion, and their descendants will inherit all that is good. Listen, God says when you walk in the fear of him, that, that uh, several things will happen. One, he'll direct your, your life. He'll guide your steps, your path. You'll live out the destiny that he has for you. Number two, he said, he'll show you prosperity and favor. And then number three, he says, your descendants will inherit all that is good. There's three things that we need to think about. We need to think about, first of all, fearing God. Before we experience those three things. What is the fear of the Lord? Well, if you look up fear, it gives you two definitions. One is being afraid of something. The other one is standing in awe of something. God is a combination of both of those. There's times I get before God, man, and I'm serious. I, I, I'm very serious. I, I sense the presence of God, and man, I understand whose presence I'm in. And I sense a sense of, of trembling in fear before him. There's other times I stand in absolute awe of the majesty, of the power of God. 
A combination of those two things would define the fear of the Lord as this. You take God seriously. Let me say it again. You take God seriously, not casually seriously. Most people take God casually. And because they take him casually, they don't walk in these blessings. God said you need to take him seriously. Does that mean we're always sober, we don't laugh or have fun? No. But that when we do those things, we're doing those things in light of his word. (laughs) That otherwise we always consider what he thinks before we consider what we think. We take him seriously when he defines a Christian. You know, my brother and I talk all the time and we've, we've vetted many politicians and people have come and say, hey, will you support me? And I always ask them three questions. Because if they say they're a Christian, I said, all right. Can I, can I tell you, I've only had really a couple of them ever answer all, the, all these. Out of all the ones I've talked to that aren't from our church, I've only had a couple of them say yes to these three things. And one of them, I questioned whether it was really a yes. I always ask them this, oh, you're a Christian. They'll say, yeah, I'm a Christian. So I'll say, okay, where do you go to church? First question I ask, where do you go to church? If they can't name their church, I'll, I'll, if, they, if they barely can scramble around and name a church, I'll say, what's your pastor's name? I have a lot of people say, yeah, I go to church. What church do you go to? Uh, it's so-and-so and so-and-so. I say, what's your pastor's name? Uh, I can't recall my pastor's name. Uh, can I tell you right then? They don't go to church. They, they show up every once in a while, but they don't go. Going to church is, hey, when the doors are open, I'm there. I'm going to honor God. I'm going to be there on Sunday. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to be there on Sunday. I'm not even going to take a job that makes me work on Sunday. I'm being there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to honor God. Number two, I ask them, do you tithe? Because the Bible says where your money is is where your heart is. You don't tithe, then your heart's not with God. Pastor Troy, are you serious? Absolutely. I'm not saying that. God's word says that. Then here's the third thing I ask them. Where do you serve? God says in the last day, on the day of judgment, he looks at his people and he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Where do you serve? How how can you say that you're of God and not serve? Ah, Pastor Troy, you're stepping on toes. Well, man, this is just, I'm telling you in love, this is the truth of God's word. God says you need to go. You need to honor. You need to gather. You need to gather together as a church. God says you need to tithe. God says you need to honor him with your finances. God says you need to serve. Those are things that define Christianity. What's your priority? Should be building the kingdom of God above being a whatever title or job or whatever you have, even your own family. My my goal is not to build a, a great family. That's a secondary goal. My first goal is to honor God. That's the first goal of my life. Many of the politicians we talk to that claim to be Christians can't answer any of those questions. They don't do any of those three. They don't do any of those three. God wants Christians. I said God wants to bless Christians who take him seriously. Who say, God, I take you seriously. You know, so many people want the benefits and not the boundaries of God. They want all the benefits. God, give me all the benefits, but I want none of the, I want none of the boundaries. I don't, want any of, I don't want to have to really follow you. I just want what you have in your hand. 
I don't want your rules. I don't want your way of thinking. I don't want your way of living. I don't want your way of loving. I don't want your definition of kindness. I don't want your definition of goodness. I don't want your definition of generosity. I don't want your definition of of sexuality. I don't want your definition of any of those things. I just want your blessing. You can't get his blessing without all those things coming with it. Because if you take him seriously, you honor all those things. You want to be an unlikely person in a likely place that you fulfill the destiny of God? Then you have to first submit to God. God wants us to both fear him and love him with all, all that we have. Without, you can't truly love God. People say, well, I love God, but they don't respect him enough to listen to what he says. You can't truly love somebody without respecting them. Let me say that again. You can't truly love somebody without treating them with respect. So when people say, I love God, but they treat him with no respect, they don't take him seriously, they they don't walk in awe or fear of him, respect him, reverence him, worship him, then they don't truly love him because it's impossible to do that. People who you truly love, you also respect. God wants to bless those that do take him seriously, though. Man, he said he'll guide you and put you on the right path. Man, God has a destiny and a plan. I've been talking about that for weeks for each individual in this room. You can start that journey today or you can continue that journey today. Your choice. Or you can do what you want to do. Go down the paths you create. Let me say this. They're going to be crooked paths. They're going to be crooked paths. And you're going to find yourself in opposition to God. Man, I don't know what about you, but I want, I want to be on God's team. God wins and never loses. God has a good plan for my life and yours. I want a good plan, not a crooked plan. He said he'll show us the right path. Then he says he'll prosper you. He said then prosperity and favor will be their portion. Man, that's what you'll lead of. You'll lead of prosperity and favor. Man, how many people want prosperity and favor? Hopefully all of you want God to direct your past, want to fulfill your destiny and walk in the prosperity and favor of God. Then he says this. He talks about legacy. You know, President uh, Reagan said, it only takes one generation to lose your freedom. Man, this is our turn. This is our time. How do we fight for freedom? We honor God. We honor the God of freedom. We fear the God of freedom. We love the God of freedom. We respect the God of freedom. And we make him the Lord God. You notice he said, whose God is the Lord, the boss, the master, the director, the one we follow. We don't ask him to follow us. We say, God, what can we do for you? When you ask God what what you can do for him and you follow him, he said, I'll take, you put my kingdom first. I'll take care of everything else you got, every issue you have. I'll take care of you. But we need to walk in the fear and reverence of God with our bodies, our minds, and our hearts. All of it. All those there. All three parts of us, we need to walk in the fear and honor of God. Someone say amen. When we do, we get his blessings, his favor, and his covering. And we leave a true inheritance to our children. A legacy. Isaiah 33, 6 says, And he will be the stability of your times, a wealth of salvation, Wisdom and knowledge, the fear of the Lord is his treasure. That's the man. The man who fears God gets the treasure of God. What is the treasure? Stability. 
You know, I know the people who I know actually take God seriously in their life. They take God seriously in their relationships. What God says to do in their relationship, they are doing everything they can to honor that. They have stability. They're not in and out of relationships, in and out of love, in and out of this. They're stable. Their relationships are stable. They're not divorced one second and love in the next. That's called instability. Their relationships, their friendships are stable. They're stable. Doesn't mean perfect, but they're stable. Stable relationships, those who fear the God. These, these are the treasures of God that he wants to pour out upon us. Stable. Stable. Number, and, and their finances are stable. Their jobs are stable. Their life is stable. Their integrity is stable. Their reputation is stable. When you take God seriously. He also says this, the wealth of his salvation. God said, forget not my benefits. I'm gonna tell you the benefits of my salvation, he says in Psalms 103. He said, I forgive you of all your sins. Someone ought to say, glory, hallelujah, praise be to God. He forgives me all my sins? That's awesome. Man, that's incredible. I don't know if you understand that. He forgives our sins. Man. You're talking about lighting a fire in me. Just, just that one right there. That he forgives my sins. That lights a fire and a passion and compassion in me to want to serve him. Then he goes on. He says, I heal you of all your diseases. Then he goes on and says, I supercharge your life. Man, That's the wealth of his salvation. That's the wealth of his salvation. He makes your life stable. You get to eat the wealth of his salvation, his forgiveness, his healing, his power, his purpose, and his peace flows in your life from from the blood of Jesus to us. Then he says, I'll give you wisdom and knowledge. Not the wisdom and knowledge of, of man, but the wisdom and knowledge of God. Some of you, man, he wants to give creative uh, 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 ideas to invent and do, but so many people don't take God seriously when it comes to what they do for a living. You just kind of dredge along. You grind it out. And I salute you, all of you who work, who want to bring a paycheck home to your families. That's an honorable thing to do. But God has a plan for you. And when you're fulfilling his plan, there should be a joy in going to work. Like, man, it's not like it's every day you're in a a great mood, but most days you're just like, God, I'm doing what you told me to do. I'm doing what you've called me to do. And there should be a joy in doing what God's called you to do. Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done, Lord. Man, when you're in the will of God, good things are going to come out of it. God wants us to fulfill his will. He wants us to walk in his blessing, his favor, his covering. He wants us to walk in stability and the wealth of his salvation, his wisdom and knowledge. I'm blessed. I know I'm doing exactly what I was created to do. I know. I know for a fact I'm doing exactly what God created me to do. It's awesome to be in the will of the Lord. Does it mean it's trouble-free? Absolutely not. 
The enemy will oppose you big time when you're doing what God called you to do. You know, the more the higher calling you answer the, of God, the higher the demons try to fight. But that's okay. There's still a joy in that. We'll overcome. We'll overcome anything and everything Satan throws our way. Why? Because we're in the will of God. When you're in the will of God, you're going to eat of the wealth of his salvation, his deliverance. We're going, to, we're going to act. We have access to all his treasures, every treasure, every treasure. He said the fear of the Lord is his treasure. Listen, man, the treasures of God open up to us all, all this favor, all this stability, all this, all this, the wealth of his salvation, his knowledge and his wisdom opens up. It's like a massive treasure box. Mm. Go with me to Proverbs chapter three, if you will, please. Proverbs chapter three. But you have to take God seriously. You know, there's a time to laugh and a time to have fun and cut up, and I enjoy that as much as anybody does. But there's also a time to be sober and say, God, I'm gonna take you seriously when it comes to how I treat people, how I treat my wife, my husband, my kids, how I raise them, what I teach them, how I conduct my life. I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take you seriously when it comes to my time because I don't have my time. I have your time. My life is yours. So my time is yours. When God is the Lord, your God, your time is not your time. It's God's time. Your job is God's time. Your, your finances are God's finances. Julie and I will do whatever the Lord God tells us to do with our, she says, cut a check for this. I love my wife, man. Man, God will speak to me. And I'm like, man, that's, that's a lot, God, for us to give. And I'll say, Julie, this is what I'm sensing. And she'll say, I'll, I'll do it today. I'll send it in today. And I'll say, well, man, that, that quick, that easy? She'll say, yeah, that's what God wants us to do. She doesn't even blink. I love that. I blink, she doesn't blink. She's like, let's do it. Our finances aren't our finances, they're God's finances. When you take God seriously, every aspect of your life, you say, God, it's yours. Our sexuality is God's. Our children belong more to God than to us. We're managers, not owners. God's the owner. We're the managers of our children. We're the managers of our life, but God's the owner. When you fear the Lord your God, man, woo, look out. Because he says blessings and honor and favor, all these things will be yours. But you got to take him seriously, church. Why am I talking about this on July 4th? Why? Because we're, we're the generation that are at the greatest risk of losing our country. We're at the greatest risk right now of letting our country be overwhelmed by murderers. What do I mean by murderers? Those that chant, burn it down because we said they can't kill babies anymore. Those that chant, Christianity's evil. God is evil. Christians are evil because we stand for life and not death. Those who are chanting now, they're chanting now. Hey, we need to say it's taking a life. It's self-defense. A woman has a right to, to defend herself against that baby growing inside of her. Now women and children are enemies. 
That's exactly what they're writing. That's exactly what they're saying. And it's not a handful of them. It's millions of them. It's our turn to fight for our country. We're the most divided. We need to unite our country under the bloodstained banner of Jesus and him alone. How do we do that? By each individual saying, God, I'm going to walk in the fear of you, in the love of you. Each family saying that. Teaching our children to love God and to love our nation. For our nation isn't the land we live on. It's the people that are here. It's standing up for what we believe in and not lying down. Standing up and saying, no, I'm not, I'm not bowing down to that. No, I'm not going to believe that. The, the homosexual movement in our country has claimed a whole month of our nation. Wow, Pride Month. Pride comes before destruction. Are you kidding me? How evil is that? It's not Humble Month. It's not Humility Month. It's Pride. How wicked is that? And we tolerate it. First, Satan comes in and says, tolerate me. Then he says, you better celebrate me. Now he's saying, you better participate or we're going to get you. Listen, I'm only going to celebrate and participate in what the Lord thy God says to do. Not what the world says to do. Here, as we celebrate the birth of our nation, we need to celebrate that we're still fighting and standing for freedom. That when the, when the evil says, we don't even care about your opinion anymore. Do you know now those news stations are propagating multiple dozen. NSNBC, CNN, all of them are saying, we don't have the responsibility to present both sides of an argument when the other side of the argument is so wrong. That's called totalitarianism. They want to do away with the Second Amendment, which is the right to bear arms, so they can do away with the First Amendment, which is the right to worship our God and the right to freedom of speech. On the other hand, I would fight and die for their right to have their side. I'm not afraid of their side. They're afraid of our side. Why? Because when the truth of God's word meets the lies of this world, truth wins, lies die. They're afraid of the truth, and they're afraid of God's word. I'm not afraid of their lies and their deception. I'll fight for their right to speak it. The Bible says a fool considers a matter before, or decides a matter before considering both sides of the, of the argument. We're not fools, we're wise. We're just as good at listeners as we are talkers. But we can't be compromisers. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you. And he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do. And he will lead you wherever you go. He said, take me so seriously that you trust what I say over your own opinion. He lists in Exodus chapter 20, he says, he says 10 things, some don'ts and some do's. I'm going I'm to take them backwards. He said, 
Number one, don't covet anything that belongs to somebody else. It doesn't belong to you. We have now, we have people saying that you did, because you work hard and you've, you've worked hard and smart, that you have money that somehow, because they don't work hard or smart or don't want to work at all, you owe them that money. We have government leaders that say you owe it to them. They covet what we have, but they don't want to work for it. Number two, God said, don't give false testimony. Don't lie. Man, we celebrate liars. I don't know every time. I, I'm sorry to say this. This is, this, is, this is heart. This hurts my heart that the president of the United States, I can't think of one speech he's made that he has not lied at least three or four times. I mean, flat out lied. Lying's become celebrated. Deceiving people is celebrated. Number three, he said, don't steal. In California, you can steal up to $900 and not even get charged or arrested. You see what they're doing? They just run in and steal stuff and run out. But you can just go in and take $900 and no one's supposed to stop you or arrest you. You know, the, the store owners don't even call the police. They've shut down store after store after store in certain neighborhoods because they're just getting tired of being stolen from. Haven't you seen it on the news? Haven't you seen it on YouTube? People just walking in in broad daylight, stealing stuff. Why? Because that spirit of Satan. We're supposed to stand up to it like our forefathers did. They stood up to, the, to that totalitarian controlling spirit and said no. And then when everybody wasn't free in our nation, they stood up again and said no. And we fought a civil war. It's our turn to stand up and say no. Stealing's wrong. Should be punished. I don't care if you're stealing a bubble gum. Stealing's wrong. Let me say it again. Stealing's wrong. It's evil. Don't commit adultery. People think homosexuality's hurt the body of Christ. Adultery's hurt the body of Christ in the church and our nation more than homosexuality ever will. Don't murder. That means take innocent life. Thank God we're winning some ground there. But 64 million babies later. Mostly black and brown babies. Do honor your mother and your father. Three types of honor. If you're young and your parents home, you, you, the honor you show them is to obey them. second type of honor. I didn't, I didn't do a good job on the first one. I wasn't real obedient. But the second type of honor is who you become as a person. That's how you honor your parents. They're proud of you. They brag on you. They like talking about you. Because who you come, become as a person is how you honor them when you're out of their house. You no longer have to obey everything they say. You don't. But you honor them in who you become. How you treat people. How you live your life. Then the third type of honor is when they get old, that you take care of them. We have people call all the time and need help for this and that, older people. My mom talked to someone the other day, an older person that needed some help, found out they have two sons and a daughter living here. My mom asked, why don't they help you? 
The woman said, I don't know. So her daughter calls, mad. How come you won't help my mom? Why aren't you and your brothers helping your mom? Shame on them. Shame on them. Shame on them. You should be taking care of your parents, not somebody else. You should honor them. Keep the Sabbath holy. Do keep the Sabbath holy. People have dishonored the Lord. They don't go to church every Sunday. Saturday, whenever they consider their Sabbath. He said, don't misuse God's name. I watched a movie the other night. I didn't realize how many times they, they, they badmouth God's name. I realized it. I won't watch that movie again. It was a shame. Then he said this, don't make idols. That's the number one commandment of God. We have to stop idolizing things that aren't worthy of our worship. For God and God alone is worthy of our worship. People aren't worthy of our worship. Money's not worthy of our worship. Drugs and alcohol aren't worthy of our worship. More people give more money to buying drugs and alcohol than they ever would honoring God. It's crazy to me how people call themselves Christians. They'll, They'll spend more money on a bar tab than they would ever give it to the church. Shame, shame, shame. That's your idol. That's what you worship. That's what you long for. You have more joy partying than you do honored coming to church. Why? Because you don't fear God. But someday you will. For every knee shall bow and tongue will confess before the Lord. Whether you want to or not at this point. On the day of judgment. You're going to quake in your boots. God wants you to quake now. So you don't have to quake then. One day you're going to take God seriously. Hopefully it's today. And say, God, I take your word seriously. And I'm going to do the things you tell me to do. And I'm not going to do the things you tell me not to do. And I'm going to honor you from in here, from my heart, inside out. I texted my sons and I said this Wednesday night, who you are in here secretly is who you really are. That's who you really are. If you'll work on what's going on in here, God said guard your heart. With all diligence, guard your heart because out of your heart flow the issues of life. He said, if you'll work on your heart, let me be the God and the Lord of your heart in the secret place. The public stuff will take care of itself. He'll bless you publicly. He'll reward you publicly for what you do in here, the work you do in here. The love of God motivates me to love. But the fear of God is what brought me to him. I fear the God that can sentence me to hell. I do. I fear the God that can take my life and sentence me to hell. Paul warned, don't fear man that can just take your life. Fear the one who can take your life in your soul. I fear God. I stand in awe of God. He is holy. He is always right. He's the creator of the universe. He's my creator and yours. God wants us to stand in awe of him. And when we do, our nation will be blessed. Your family will be blessed. And your family won't be blessed just in your generation. 
but the generations to come will be blessed. Let's leave, a, let's leave a legacy of our children knowing that we take God seriously. That when someone looks at you and says, hey, you're not treating your wife right. Man, you need to act like this. You say, I'm going to start doing that today. Or someone looks at you and says, you're not treating your husband right. You say, you know what? God's right. I'm wrong. I'm going to start changing today. Someone looks at you and says, you're not raising your children up to love and to fear and honor God. And you say, God's word's right. I'm going to start doing that today. That you begin to take his word seriously and honor him seriously in every aspect of your life. I don't want to leave a nation that's a failure to my children. I don't want to leave a nation that's enslaved by communism and by two-bit dictators in Washington, D.C. to my children or in Santa Fe to my children. I want to leave a nation that's free. I want to leave a nation that's prosperous. I want to leave a nation that's blessed and that blesses the rest of the world. I want to leave a legacy of fear of God, respect of God, and love of God. But it's going to take all of us that take God seriously. Say, I'm going to honor God. I'm going to honor God. I'm going to honor God. I'm going to honor God above all things. I'm going to honor God. I'm going to honor God. What it's going to take. Listen, whether you're online or here in this room, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. I want you to seriously ask yourself this question Are you a casual Christian? Are you a lukewarm Christian? God said this If you're neither hot nor cold, but lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. God said, I'm, he's an all-consuming fire. The Holy Spirit appears as a fire. It lights a fire inside of us to serve God, to know God, to honor God with our life. And we aren't going to be perfect, but we can be really good at it. We can be really mature at honoring God. We can be, we can be on a pace to grow, to honor him more and more as we, as we live our life. And the greatest joy of our life shouldn't be anything other than serving and knowing God. My greatest desire is that each person that's here today listening and is part of our church, each person in this whole valley, from Roswell to Artesia, that they'll go to heaven with us. That we'll all go to heaven together. That's what we give our lives for. That's what we give our finances for. That's why we live our lives the way we do. To honor the Lord and to reach people. People have said to me, Pastor Troy, the stands you've taken could cost you. Matter of fact, some of them said, man, you need to stop taking those stands. It could cost you, cost you everything. I'm like, man, what's everything? Everything to me is the love of God. Everything to me is the fear of God. Everything to me is going to heaven. That's everything. Everything to me is my family and all of you going to heaven with me. That's everything. Homes and cars, all that stuff. That's just stuff. 
Here today, gone tomorrow. My life, your life, that's what matters. I believe today God's calling the lukewarm out. He's calling you out. He's saying, listen, quit being lukewarm. I love you. I love you. I don't want to spew you out. I want to love you more. I want to bless you. I want to honor you. I want to help you. Stop being lukewarm. Take me seriously when I say these things. So maybe you've prayed. Maybe you've attended church. Maybe you've done some things. and Maybe you've done some good things for God. But you know, you know right now, you're just, you're just casually serving Him. Just casual. You got other priorities other than serving God. You have other idols you've built. Man, lay them down today. Please, we need you. Our nation needs you. The generations, if you care anything about your kids or grandkids, if you care anything about your own family, give your whole life to Him. Quit playing around. If you care anything about this nation, I know many don't, but I do, because I care about the people. Give your whole life to him. Maybe you've never prayed. You're like, wow. This God who created the universe loves me. Died for me. Offering me a gift the gift of forgiveness of all my sins, the gift of heaven, the gift of his lordship and his leadership, his, the wealth of his blessings. A relationship with God Almighty to become a son or daughter of the Most High God. He's welcoming you in his family. He died so you could get there. What love is that? It's a love beyond comprehension. That's how he loves you. He wants to save your life today. What do you want to happen? Listen, if you want to pray and get right with God, welcome him in to save your life, to forgive you, to love you, to change you, to help you fulfill a destiny, a purpose for your life. And you just quit wandering around and you fulfill a purpose and a plan, man. This is your moment. This is your time. This is your day. If you want to serve the God who opens up heaven or can cast you into hell, the one who makes that choice and that decision, you want to serve and have a relationship with the God of the universe that loves you and knows you, thinks about you all the time. And you never have done that. Let's pray now. Let's pray right now. Online, if you're going to pray for the first time, or maybe you're lukewarm, it's the next time. 
Send us a message right now online. I'm praying for the first time. I'm praying for the next time. In this room, I'm going to ask you on the count of three just to raise your hand up high and say, it's me. I need to get right with God. I'm making a decision today to beat to get right with God. Because I know if I ask him, he said, if you ask, you'll receive. You seek, you'll find. If you knock, the door will be open. He promises you that if you ask, seek, and knock, he's going to open those doors. He's going to give you the answer that you seek. He's going to save your life. In this life, in the next. So if you want to pray right now online, send us a message. In this room, on the count of three, raise your hand. And then right where you're seated, we're going to pray. Here we go. One, two, three. Raise your hand up high and say, I'm going to get right with God before I leave here. Thank you. All around the room. Thank you. All around the room. Thank you. Praise God. You can put those hands down. Let's pray. Let's pray with these online. Let's pray with the people in this room. Let's all pray together. Say this. Say, God, I believe you are God and God alone. That you love me. And you sent Jesus. He gave his life on that cross for my sins to save me. You raised him from the dead and he conquered sin and death to save me. I believe that. And because I do, today I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you, Jesus, are the Lord Jesus Christ of my life. I receive the Holy Spirit's fire to serve you, to get to know you, and to fulfill the destiny you created me for. And I ask you, Father, by the blood of Jesus, to not only lead me, but to forgive me of all my sins. And I, I receive your lordship and your forgiveness. Thank you for saving my life and now giving me a life worth living and giving away. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for how good he is. He's so incredibly good. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com.